Chapter Twenty Three, Celebrating Israel. March fifteenth, twenty eighteen, was our second year anniversary with the Lord. I decided to spend the day with the Lord in thanksgiving and praise again, just like what I did on our first year anniversary. As I looked through my journal, I was overwhelmed by the blessings and favors that God has bestowed upon our family. Words became too shallow to describe my thankfulness with God, and tears became my prayer. While I was waiting on God, I heard the Father say, "I love for you to go to Israel." Until that time, Israel wasn't a country that I was keen to visit, even though I have read a lot about it in the Bible. What I couldn't quite understand was that. Robert had just come back from a trip to Israel in February 2018 by himself. When I asked God whether I should go with him or not, he didn't give me his yes. Robert ended up going to Israel by himself, not only attending the conference but also running two marathons, one in Tel Aviv and one in Jerusalem. It was a very fruitful trip. I was intrigued. Why would God ask me to go to Israel after Robert has just come back? Why didn't He let me go with him in February? I prayed and asked God for further insights, and I heard the Father say, "I'll love you to walk on the land and bless you there." I asked myself, "What's the significance of walking on the land of Israel? What's the rush of going there before moving to America?" Anyway, I shared with Robert what God asked me to do, and he encouraged me to go. Then I searched on internet to see what tours were available, and I found a ten-day Holy Land tour held in May. The timing seems perfect. I looked further into the tour details and found out that it was led by a Nigerian pastor called Chris Oyahinomi. Then. I did another search about Pastor Chris and found out that he is the founder and president of Christ Embassy, also known as Love World. The church headquarters is in Lagos, Nigeria. It has a global network of churches in many countries, with approximately 13 million followers all over the world. I pray about it and felt that this was the right tour to join. And I should take our daughter KK with me on this trip as well. I signed up for the tour immediately and booked our air ticket. When we arrived at the Israel International Airport, the first thing that caught my attention was a huge billboard with 70th anniversary of Israel on it. I felt the presence of God immediately. Like a blanket of love covering all over me, and I began to tear up. I was surprised. We then pick up our baggage and proceed to our designated waiting area to meet up with our tour leader. There we saw a few people waiting and chatting, and I presumed that they were joining the tour as well. Kiki and I went up and introduced ourselves to them. And after a few short conversations, we realized that the majority of the tour members were full-time ministers, such as pastors, evangelists, worship leaders, 
and missionaries, and so on. And KK and I were the only Asians on that tour, and with no ministry experience at all. I sense that God has set us out for a special treat. I was pretty excited. After we checked in at our hotel, we had breakfast together with the two members. Even though we have just met each other, they like to call us dear sisters, and they really made us feel a part of their family. All of a sudden, we have surrounded ourselves with hundreds of spirit-filled believers who were giants in faith. Not only were they grounded in the Word of God, they walked with authority and power. I've never come across fiery and passionate Christians quite like them. When I listen to their faith journey with God and their powerful testimonies, my faith erupted to a whole new level. My adventure with God in the Holy Land was filled with blessing and surprises. God touched me with His presence and power every single day. When we were in the Garden of Gethsemane, I was drawn to a thousand-year-old olive tree with a large empty hole in the tree trunk. Then I heard a still small voice saying, "Go near and look closer." I noticed that the trunk was actually hollow inside. How can the tree survive with a hollow trunk? I wondered. Then I looked at the branches. And they were exceptionally huge, almost like half the size of the tree trunk. What was interesting was that these branches was not growing upward or sideways, but downward into the ground instead. It looked really strange to me. Then the Holy Spirit asked me, "Can you see Jesus and his disciple in this olive tree?" I couldn't quite see it. Can you explain? I replied. He then went on and explained this to me. The olive tree doesn't look like anything special on the outside, but it is evergreen and stands the test of time. Just like Jesus, who never draws people's attention through his appearance, yet he is the everlasting God, and his legacy remains forever. The tree trunk that is hollow inside represents Jesus surrendering his life fully to do the will of the Father. He gave his life as a living sacrifice to the point of death in order to save humanity. His selflessness and obedience is remarkable. I was immediately reminded of what Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three. Quote. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. End quote. Apostle Paul also said this: By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives. For the brothers, end quote. First John chapter three verse sixteen. The strong branches of the olive tree represent Jesus' disciples. 
the tree branches growing into the ground depicts the attitude that Jesus is looking for in his disciples. Humility, meekness, and servanthood towards God and towards man. When we humble ourselves to seek God, we will find Him. When we are willing to bow down before God to repent of our sin, He will forgive us. When we lay down our life to serve God and His people, we will receive the greatest blessing of all. Just like Jesus, even though He is the Son of God, He did not come to the world to be served. He came to serve and save the world. He is the greatest servant of all. He is our role model. As the tree continues to grow, the size of the branches becomes so large that they almost look like the tree trunk. Ultimately, Jesus wants his disciples to be like him and to do the work that he did. And even greater things we shall do to glorify the Father. John chapter 14 verse 12 By observing the olive tree and letting the Holy Spirit ministering to me, I've learned a great lesson on how to live a life like Jesus. To stay connected with Christ at all times. To empty ourselves by surrendering our mind, will, and emotion to Christ. To stay humble and meek before God always. To live a sacrificial life of serving God and His people. To make disciples so that they will make disciples. The next day, we visited the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus walked on water and performed miracles. When we arrived at the pier, I was impressed by our sailboats. Three boats tied together in one, and my immediate thought was, Trinity, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was a gorgeous day. The sun was shining and the wind of God brought us beautifully right into the heart of the Sea of Galilee. The worship team led us into a blessed time of praise and worship, and the presence of God filled my heart. While I was worshipping with my eyes closed, KK tapped on my shoulder, and I heard, Mom, look! I opened my eyes and saw a sailboat with our country's flag right in front of us. I also heard the melodies of our national anthem. It was a stunning scene, too much of a coincidence. I immediately asked the Lord, What are you showing me, Lord? Then I heard him say, Look at the mountain behind the boat. I gazed towards the mountain, and I heard the Lord say, Mountain-moving faith is yours, faith unshakable. Pray. The power of God hit me. I felt heat flushing through my body, and I started praying as the Spirit gave me utterance, praising God, and making intercession for my nation. I felt faith, boldness, and power burst forth within me as I prayed. And in my spirit, I saw thousands upon thousands of households across the country releasing the light of God from their own home. 
It was a glorious scene. I was overjoyed as I caught a glimpse of God's love and His plan for my nation, that gave me tremendous peace and hope for the future. That was one of the most powerful spirit-led prayer I had outside my prayer closet. Our next destination was the Way of Sorrows, a stone street on which Jesus carried the cross to his crucifixion. When I walked on this sacred path, the excruciating pain and suffering of Jesus Christ become more real to me than ever. Two scriptures kept surfacing to my soul. Quote, For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. End quote. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 21 Quote, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. End quote. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 5. Jesus' self-sacrifice for humanity and his total obedience to the Father struck me like a cord to that day. He suffered and died for us so that we might be saved, healed, set free, be blessed, and be a blessing to others. The price that he paid for humanity was staggering, and now we got to partake in the fruit of his victory forever. What a precious, wonderful gift from God. Having such deep revelation of Jesus' suffering has given me a clearer perspective of my life. I came to the conclusion that nothing is too difficult, too hard, or too painful for me anymore when I compare it to what Jesus went through for us. I also realize that there is so much more I need to learn and grow in order to be like Christ. There was such a longing, a deep desire from within me to be like Him, to be able to give my life as a living sacrifice for God, to obey Him in every way, and to count it all joy when I face trials or sufferings. I'm deeply grateful that God brought me a fresh perspective of the gift of my salvation and a passion for living a Christ-like life as I walk through the way of sorrows. The 70th anniversary of Israel was on the 14th of May. The atmosphere of the city was filled with joy and excitement. I remember looking out from our tour bus on our way to visit the Western Wall. I saw many American flags lining up along the streets with fleets of limousines parking alongside the road. I was curious and asked our tour guide what happened outside. He said, It is a significant day today, Israel's 70th anniversary and the transfer of American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. 
He went on and told me that the history of Israel and how pleased he was to see this move of the American embassy back to its rightful place in Jerusalem. It was such an insightful conversation. We arrive at the Western Wall in the old city of Jerusalem, also called the Wailing Wall, and I heard the father say, You are here in Israel to celebrate with me. I felt the tangible presence of God all over me again and simply couldn't wait to see the day unfold. When we arrived at the Western Wall, the place was packed with thousands of Jews all praying earnestly together in one accord. It was stunning. Even our tour guide who had been living in Jerusalem for over 30 years told us that he'd never seen anything like this. He quickly took out his phone to capture the moment, and so did I. I told myself, being able to be a part of this historical event for Israel must be very significant. The Western Wall is a place considered by Jews to be holy because it is the only remain of the retaining wall surrounding the Temple Mount, the site of the first and second temple of Jerusalem. Lying behind the Western Wall is the foundation stone, which is the most sacred site in Jewish faith. The first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 to 586 BC, and the second temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. Because of the Temple Mount's entry restrictions to the Jews, the Western Wall has become the holiest place where Jews are permitted to pray. As I started walking inside the Western Tunnel, I saw some Jews reading their scriptures. Some were praying earnestly, and others were sitting down and meditating silently. It was my first time seeing the Jewish people praying and worshipping God in person, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was thankful that we are able to worship God freely in spirit and in truth wherever we are, with no physical or time limitation. It made me value my salvation and intimate relationship with God even more. What I saw inside the Western Tunnel has made a permanent mark in my soul, and I long to see the Jewish people worshipping God in spirit and in truth. This trip was truly filled with God's delight and surprises. Unbeknown to me, we had a special guest ministering to us on this trip, and I only got to know about it during the trip. It was Pastor Benny again. I was intrigued by God's divine connection. Just a year ago, God asked me to attend His three-day Holy Spirit Impartation Conference in California, and there I was in Israel, also being ministered by Him again. I've learned that Pastor Benny actually has vast knowledge and insight of Israel. He grew up in Israel, and his father was involved in Israeli politics too. Through his teachings, I began to understand, through the Word of God, the importance of Israel as a nation and the Jews in God's eyes. 
I saw the miracle of God that took place when Israel was finally being established as a nation on 14th of May 1948. I also recognize how the movement of the United States Embassy back to its rightful place in Jerusalem will impact Israel and the whole body of Christ. Sitting under the teaching of Pastor Benny and through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, the scales of my eyes began to fall off. I was able to see clearly the first time how much God loves Israel. I also understand the intricate relationship between God, the people of Israel, and the Gentiles, meaning the non-Jewish Christians like us. I could see God's plan for all of us to join together as one body of Christ, just as what was written in the Bible. Through Christ Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles would have access in one spirit to the Father, that we will all become the members of the household of God. In Christ, we all grow together into a holy temple in the Lord, and in Him, we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 19 The Holy Spirit began to reveal to me through the Scripture the steadfast love of God to the people of Israel in the past and His great love for them hasn't changed till this day. The Bible says that God chose Israel from all the peoples on the earth for His own special possession and had given promises to His people unlike any other. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2 God made an everlasting covenant with Abraham and his descendants to be God to Abraham and to his descendants after him. Genesis chapter 17 verse 7 Then, 1,000 years later, God chose Moses to be the leader of Israel and he reaffirmed the covenant to the children of Israel and said to them, I will take you for my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Exodus chapter 6 verse 7 We the Gentiles, on the other hand, was once far off to God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of the promise of God, having no hope and without God in the world. But thanks to Jesus Christ and through His blood, we have been brought near to God. Jesus Christ, who is peace, has made Jews and Gentiles become one body of Christ through the cross, and through Him, both Jews and Gentiles have access to one Spirit to the Father. Ultimately, through Christ Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What a marvelous plan that God has for all of us. To Him, we give all the glory and honor and praise. I am utterly thankful to God for this remarkable trip to the holy nation of Israel. When God asked me to go to Israel in March 2018, I had no idea that I would actually be there celebrating their 70th anniversary. Looking back, 
I realized that this great plan that God had for us was only made possible by His grace in following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I was glad that I have chosen the path of faith. God's goodness humbles me and makes me realize how blessed I am. I left Israel being revived and transformed again. With the encounters, revelations, and rich experiences that God gave me, the whole Bible has come alive to me. One final thing that God left me with through this trip is a love for Israel and His chosen people. Ever since I came back from this trip, I have been praying for Israel ever since.